All right. Interesting day. First time we have a guest, too. You got Frank Lexa, the dance uh, extraordinaire from Cornell. <laughs> Fancy guy. <laughs> Straight from r slash so, Wall Street Bets. <laughs> cornfields. Field of dreams up there, up north. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, what the hell is going on? <laughs> chaos. <laughs> Wall Street Bets has just single-handedly plunged the global economy into chaos. Yeah. It literally turned all stability in any bit of market um, action upside down, and it's incredible to to see i mean i i was i was concerned about all the retail investing like during the pandemic because everyone's betting on you know freaking stock movements instead of sports because there's nothing else to gamble your money on and you're stuck inside and then this is just the cherry on top of it all um it's just incredible bring gamestop stock like continuously throughout the day and yesterday as well and it went from, you know, uh, before the, the main uptick, it went from what, about 132 to 145 and shot up to 300 and then again to 371. And it hit a peak uh, uh, actually today at, uh, you know, about 10 o'clock or so at 467.50. Then immediately plunged to 126. And now it's, uh, it's trending between 306. I just hit another uptick at 310. So. <laughs> I mean, now, of course, you know, everyone's talking about how Robinhood's being so restrictive and, you know, all that going on, which we'll get to pretty soon. But, I mean, if you are able to buy in before the 470 uptick, sell out, and then reinvest at the 120, you could be making, like, an insane amount of cash. Even if you invested before the GameStop surge that Wall Street Bets put together, like, <laughs> it was trending between, like, $50 a share. And then you buy, you know, that whatever the gain is. I think the one guy who actually put organized this entire move on Wall Street bets. I, I think what is his uh his tag with uh oh GFD deep, or deep oh, something. Yeah, deep 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 effing value. <laughs> he he actually posted it here. What what is it? Um, his uh oh, his he... loss or his unrealized loss it was like fourteen point five million, right? <laughs> and then. Yeah. They're not. If he's holding, everyone else is holding. So they're gonna try to get a hedge fund. What's it called? Melvin. Melvin Capital. Come out. And make sure that they don't uh, cut off their loss there. But this is just insane. I mean, I have. You've, you've... There you off. Uh, GameStop, you have AMC. What else? You have uh, uh, Naked Brand. Blackberry. Blackberry. Bed Nokia. Bath and Beyond. Bed Bath and Beyond. All those bath mat sales are sending it up 400%. Did you say Nokia yet? And, like, if you look it up on. Well, earlier this morning, if you were to look up some of these tickers, like, Robinhood just straight took them off the search page. Like, if you were to put in GME, it wouldn't come up at all. And then if they finally did put it back up, and then there was a little notification at the bottom saying that this app is, uh, sorry, this stock is not supported by Robinhood. And it's still the case right now. But, um, you know, since the global community got really involved in that, I think they've gotten so much backlash where, you know, they're, they're going to allow some restricted purchases of the securities tomorrow. But... I mean, solve damage is done. Like a lot of people lost a lot. A lot of people made a lot, but a lot of people lost a lot of savings. And some people put in like their entire life savings into this movement yeah. because you know consider like the the Wall Street Bets page, which is a considerable portion of the people kind of running this entire movement here. Well, it is the people running the movement, but most of those people are you know amateur investors which i would consider myself to be one but these people are just kind of going off of you know memes and uh hyped up traffic yeah on what to buy here's a they're selling here's a post from someone who says they took out a loan of a 10 grand to buy gamestop at 337 a share and uh (laughs) i'm not sure what it is right now but i'm pretty sure they took a massive l on that one Actually, what right we're flirting, I think, three eleven, but after market or after, uh, yeah, after, after hours. I'm seeing one ninety three. 
It's uh, it's three eleven right now. Three eleven is you, off eight p.m. What are you using to 8 PM, do that? Number twenty eighth. I'm using Robin Hood, so I don't know if that's accurate or not. Because who knows what's going on? I but... don't think it is because Robin Hood isn't really updating GameStop. I'm pretty sure they took it off their system. Stock Twits has it at one ninety three, and so does Google. Really, Stock Twits has it one ninety three. I'm actually on Stock Twits right now. It's like three seventeen. Okay, so it's around. Oh, let me send a well, picture. Well, it was 193, but after hours, it closed at 193, but after hours, it's up again to 63%. So that's where the three 317 numbers coming from. So I guess a lot of a lot of um, brokerages put it back up, and now it's like up 64%. So um, today, at their peak of 467, that was a that's nearly a thousand percent increase, 998. 988% increase from their average. Like, that is insane. Uh, actually, Wall- um, Robinhood has progressively been putting out more and more notifications and emails because, uh, you know, the entire global community is out for their, their head right now. Uh, this morning, 10, 10.39 a.m., due, due to uh, ongoing volatility, some securities like AMC and GME, uh, presuming, presumably Nokia, uh, BlackBerry, and the others as well, uh, are position closing only. So, presumably, what's going to happen tomorrow is a lot of people are probably going to, you know, try and buy what they can and then probably just hold, because that seems to be the main goal right now is to just hold on as long as they can to uh, close out Melvin Capital, all those other hedge funds that are um, still trying to, you know, get the best of the situation right now. Although I heard that from uh, this one kid saying that, you know, they might actually end up trying to double down on the situation if people end up selling their their position. But what do you guys think about that? What what's the what's the prediction for what's going to happen either tomorrow to close out the week? I'm not uh, I mean, I'm not confident on GameStop. I think they're gonna they're gonna get hit hard tomorrow because I, I think a lot of people sold as it's reflected by its price, at least the one that I'm seeing. And uh, I don't know. I just believe it's gonna get it's gonna get actually demolished. Uh, well, I think it's. A I mean, I don't know. There's st- there's still. A- considerable volatility in it but you know i mean you have one more day uh people pr- presumably the more amateur investors uh, like the majority of the uh, wall street bets people are going to want to get in tomorrow thinking that you know there's still a room for potential growth and then once it closes out which i don't think you can sell until market close you know if people do decide to do that or they'll wait over the weekend and then see what happens the beginning of next week and what happens throughout the you know the following week but i don't know Again, like if uh, GameStop ends up shattering, like you predicted, then there might be a, a pretty big move too. I know Frank, you were talking really about Fubo uh, or right. some of those um, lower value stocks that still have a lot of uh, the same potential uh, uptick probability or uh, potential. Anyway, I mean, I think there's potential at this point um, for Wall Street bets to refocus on another on other stocks that have not faced the same scrutiny because their goal is going to be to ensure maximum access to the stocks that they're posting in order to ensure that they are getting the maximum yield using their theory of momentum through buying pressure to instigate a short short squeeze and put pressure on those holding margin positions for shorted shares. So I think that they're going to probably start to move out of GameStop, except that you know there's lots of regulatory pressure and seek out on under the radar stocks like Fubo or um, I know there was movement in Virgin Galactic earlier this week because of their short percentages. So I think other stocks like that are probably going to see the more focus in the coming weeks. And, uh, you know, not not just the pressure on the investors for holding as well, but pressure on Robinhood in general from uh, now Congress is being mobilized to act on uh, Robinhood's, um, I guess, what do, you, what do you even call that? Negligence? Just sheer criminality? Market, market manipulation? Yeah. Well, uh, for those who don't know, so people who held uh, any value of GameStop uh, today in the past, uh, I guess really mostly today, 28th, um, they, they went back in to check their positions and they found out that in some cases Robinhood had sold their shares without their consent and or knowledge which super illegal <laughs> that's not even bordering on like questionable 
to be able to sell people's positions due to uh, like claimed market volatility to decrease you know potential risk. Like that's well, that actually it, they do have that right actually um, in certain cases where people who are using their brokerage where they're on margin or something like that then they can take that liberty if they believe that the current positions of a client um, that is using their platform is at great risk. So I guess in the case of GameStop, if someone's holding a margin position, they can take that liberty, actually. And I think that that was heavily overused today. But if you're holding a cash position, nothing to worry about there. But you're using Robinhood for margin, uh, you you might be a little concerned. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, also, the, uh, more updates on the uh, there was a class action filed on Robinhood for for that for the sheer fact of um, you know restricting uh, uh, or sorry sales uh, yeah I guess selling closing options uh, filed in the Southern District of New York and that was filed earlier this morning I believe. Uh, now I think uh, there's a petition on change.org which has gotten I'll check it now but it was uh, 50,000 people signed uh, a couple hours ago and that's probably increased now uh, so there's definitely going to be some heads rolling after this oh, yeah. uh, I see what else. once you send it to me and uh, I think we got a couple uh, of other people Frank I'll send it to well. you as well okay. it's uh, that's that's yeah there's going to be some major changes implemented here um, you know, you had Ted Cruz and AOC. It's unifying the politicians. Yeah, That's hilarious. how bad it is. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. and AOC both both tweet the same thing, pretty much, <laughs> against Robin Hood. Uh, and all, all these big brokerages. Know, uh, him, you have Ted Cruz, you have AOC, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Basically, everyone is in agreement that Robin Hood is way out of line on this one. The selling of shares um, without consent. But the Citadel Group, which is you know pretty much responsible for this, um, they're they're largely in part of a well they they have a position in Melvin Capital as well, right? Um, I believe so. Yes. And the, the what was the entire goal for for them? It was just to kind of cover their. It was kind of a solid for Melvin Capital, saying like, okay. You know, we, you, you guys, we have a mutual relationship here. You know, we, we want to protect you guys. So we're going to limit this from happening so you guys don't lose, you know, your entire position here. Is that my right in saying that? That would be my interpretation, yeah, of how how their position in the stock was structured, yeah. Here, here's a, a tweet by uh, Elizabeth Warren. It's long past time for the SEC and other financial regulators to wake up and do their jobs, and with the new administration and Democrats running Krongus, I intend to make sure that they do. Okay. Well, a little bit more uh, of an agenda here, but um, yeah, I mean, it, this kind of abuse, you know, the guys to kind of come down on the common people trying to, you know, basically doing what the big guys do on a daily basis, but all of a sudden, because, you know, new players stepped in and the power shifted, now all of a sudden it's unacceptable well i don't know if this is really market manipulation because this is simply increased demand right people getting hyped about a stock and responding to information that's publicly available and taking action independently so you know it's like if you and i both bought tesla after reading online that we thought the stock might go up right and because of that demand people are doubling down and they want to see this move up and purely on technicals you know the stock is going through the roof so i mean i don't know if this really rises to the level of market manipulation but um it's certainly unprecedented and really incredible to see happen um because you know you just have this community online of people sharing information. It's almost like if you read guidance in the Wall Street Journal or something like that. Like we're recommending you buy this and this. You know, you're or on Zaxx or wherever you get stuff on Market Watch or um, Morningstar, whatever. So I mean I just think it's really a it's a gray area, but 
I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a tough sell to tell people, well, we need to increase our regulations to protect the hedge funds. I think that's going to be a tough pub, public policy sell. Right. After this, because, you know, it, it's hard to it's especially hard to protect these hedge funds that are, you know, like blatantly going against and trying to attack, you know, just these common, you know, amateur investors, especially when you read like some of the stuff that they've been putting out. Because it's not like the big guys who are trying to, you know, make like, you know, just boost their own money that's already an exorbitant amount. But, um, you know, it's, it's common people saying, you know, I, I saw tweets even in uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh, oh, sorry, not Wall Street Journal. Uh, Wall Street Bets, the Reddit page, you know, is people like saying, oh, I can finally now afford to pay like my mom's medical bills. I can finally get like a, a car that runs like stuff that like, you know, that helps everyday people out, not these like people that have this massive wealth and right. it's much more difficult you know you, you kind of want to root for the underdog here you don't want right. to you kind of want to see them you know stick it to the man like you know i guess it's more of a it's it's like the like the uh occupy wall street movement but in the finance sector and you know there's a lot more sympathy for them and i feel like that's definitely uh resonating uh through congress and um you know the senators as well and just everyone in general, like the the whole movement, like this is going to be a massive, massive shift in finance. Yeah, I mean, I would be very concerned. I mean, they've kind of showed through this effort on Wall Street bets that really short positions and larger financial institutions are way overexposed and taking very large risks that they don't have the capital to pay for. So... I mean, I don't know where this is going moving forward, but I don't think um, I don't think this is going to be better moving forward, though. Now, just kind of to go back to understand how all this was set in motion. So, uh, Melvin Capital, or the, the the hedge fund Melvin, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, they were discovered to have been trying to short. A lot of positions and it was picked up on by wall street Bank. and because of that they tried to do the opposite and just flood the market basically right right uh and now the idea is to kind of keep dumping and hold on to the stock as much as they can so that you know they're kind of uh, effect change will be lasting more so than just kind of a you know pump kind of situation and loss for Melvin. Yeah, I mean, I think that is it's a really really good question and I think that Wall Street's going to really need to rethink how they are publicly going to respond to this because in a sense they were betting on a company going down right they took risk on margin that they probably couldn't handle and you know in doing so they opened themselves up to massive losses so i don't know how public policy is going to respond to this whole catastrophe um, for the big uh, investment firms. But I think short selling is really going to come under scrutiny here. And I think at the same time, you might see regulations to protect retail investing rather than to restrict retail investing. Uh, you know, especially with the short selling regulation, but also, there's probably going to be, you know, individual um, investor protections probably put in place to some extent. You know, maybe up a certain dollar value. So, you know, or um, if there's, you know, high volume activity going on where, uh, you know, if it only affects, like if, if there's a, some party in it that has a major stake that's, you know, obviously aiming to manipulate the market and that's going to only benefit, you know, the the kind of the part is trying to extract the most wealth out of it and it's going to screw over you know a significant number of people that are that want to invest um going to be some kind of protection put in there um yeah, the sec's complaint portal is now down 
<laughs> the SEC, the FTC oh, are going to be, yeah, they are, they are pissed beyond extent. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is incredible. It's speechless. There's people who, you know, the, the, the manipulation for, you know, cutting off selling uh, on market uh, and close. The, so those people who are or the or the forced sales as well um, that were sold at uh, you know the one guy there, I, I was reading this one guy he had a forty four <laughs> four thousand five hundred shares of GameStop that he bought at um it was I think it was maybe like two something and uh, he he got a picture back he, he took a picture of it and posted on Twitter um, Robinhood sold all of his shares for one hundred and twelve dollars a piece or somewhere somewhere around one hundred and 110 dollars yeah. a piece. Jesus. So, if he sold at peak, he would have made over 1.8 million. This is a common dude, by the way. I mean, yeah, he right. had enough money to invest in the beginning, but still, uh, right. it's not like some major, you know, finance firm. He in making 1.8 and change, in 12 or whatever it was that they sold of his 4,500 shares, and they sold all of them. He made like just over 500,000. So. Literally like twenty five ish percent of what he would have made gone. It's all this yeah. And that's on a massive scale too, because you know, even people who don't you only have like one share or a couple shares or, you know, a couple dozen, like all the way up to people who have thousands of shares, like they're getting affected the same way because they're just blatantly going around and selling people's positions because of uh their potential risk to not only Melvin to Robin as well. Isn't it? Like, I've heard anything about this about you know firms or trading firms, platforms closing people's options? Uh, they're going to get hit with a huge class action, and uh, it's going to be amazing to watch. Going on now, that's going to that's going to hurt them hard. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it tanks. And not only that, in. but the regulations as well. Phrase <sighs> that you know begs the other question too. It's like, what happens? If Robinhood collapses, you know, what happens to all the um, private held in through Robinhood, and well, that's, people go where that's do people migrate to fine. after? That's actually going to be fine. I mean, I think Robinhood, if I remember correctly, they are partnered with a bank called Sutton Bank, which is FDIC insured. So pretty much all your accounts on Robinhood are FDIC insured up to I think one point two five million dollars. So, you it, even if Robinhood collapsed, you would probably be fine. Um, but yeah, I think Robinhood though they are in the good position of offering their stuff for free. So I mean, it's hard to beat free, completely free options and equity trading. So I think that you know, it's still I'm still going to we personally keep using Robinhood just because it's convenient, but. It's not good people, for sure. Um, I read somewhere that when uh, Robinhood was initially getting traction as a, a trading platform, that they received like uh, almost four hundred million dollars uh, when they were, you know, getting going. But uh, you know, you, you mentioned they have Sutton as well, that's insured. But you know, they're tied to um, Citadel, which is also partly, uh, well, largely at fault for what happened. So, you know. Whether or not that's going to be enough to protect them, I'm not sure. It kind of depends on how that lawsuit plays out. As I'm willing to that there's going to be a significant number of lawsuits going in for a number of reasons, uh, depending on what happens. But those people that are holding their positions now, like today, those a lot of those people who had, you know, large stakes in GameStop and those other um, securities that were uh, restricted today, that have um, significant or at least you know, a sizable holding and they're holding on to it, not selling while uh, the market's kind of tanking or their people were dumping earlier in the morning. Um, they have a high unrealized gain, but they're holding. Now, can one of you guys explain why they're holding? Why not just sell out before everyone else does? Well, it's kind of like you're in a, it's almost like you're in a standoff. So it's who's going to break first. And what I think the advantages in holding is that you're gonna if you can keep the price 
stable and it doesn't look like it's going to tank right away, you might get some new buyers, right? Which is going to keep the stock price moving forward and continue to force closure of short positions. So you might be able to drive the stock price even further. So as time goes on and these funds are paying interest in their short positions and their margins are getting worse and worse and worse if the stock price keeps creeping up, you're going to see funds be forced to buy their shares to cover these high prices and take a massive loss. So I think that's, in theory, the long-term strategy. Whether that's feasible without coordination and collusion is a different question. But in theory, that would be the strategy. Just an update now. Uh... The, the um, Change.org petition to sue Robinhood for their illegal actions of manipulating the stock market now has 64,000 and climbing uh, members. Uh, and the there's a another one for uh, removing Robinhood from the App Store, which now has over 27,000 <laughs> members. So, yeah, it's definitely not going to be a great period for Robinhood uh, executives or employees. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to be some heads rolling. Get for sure. <laughs> yeah. You get what you effing deserve. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely curious to see what's going to happen tomorrow, um, at least for me in particular. Like, I don't have that much skin in the game, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I made a quick shift into the crypto world, which is my first ever trade in crypto after, actually, right before uh, Elon Musk tweeted it. And, uh, I mean, you know, a little bit, but, of course, after he put the word out, he has the, uh, the Midas touch with uh, stocks. And it just jumped significantly. Like he was largely responsible, yeah, as well as Wall Street bets for you know pumping up all restricted securities, as well as uh, crypto that he had a considerable stake in. But have to be able to tweet out like one word or one phrase, <laughs> one line, on, Twitter, and then have that much of a significant impact on the market. All like, he has to do is uh, post a picture of a dog. I'm pretty sure that's what he did, right? <laughs> Stops. <laughs> and it's, uh, disrupted the entire global economy. I, uh, I mean, it almost reminds me of um, Kodak. A few guys were in the loop on that, but Kodak over the stock through the roof because I believe uh, it was President Trump who tweeted that Kodak would be producing chemicals um, this defunct camera company would be producing chemicals for a vaccine preserver. And the stock went like 1,200%, like $5, all the way up to $50. And it was just wild. And then eventually, I think it tanked again because it turned out that it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't totally accurate. But yeah, that was also an incredible example. Storm. Millions. For some people a little uh interesting fact here um the uh naked uh, sorry naked brand or um what is it nakd oh yes. oh they took the they took the ticker off for that they of course them too oh i've been i've been trading <laughs> now, them since last year man they they always that, that was one of the that's one of the restricted ones now but now they took the ticker off again from the search yeah. it was a nakd and now it's gone um, Did they pull took off the um, others. Caster Maritime yet? Did, uh, yeah, me. Caster... They took them all off again. They took yeah. the tickers off. This oh, is insane. <laughs> Nokia, gone. GameStop, gone. Naked Brand, gone. Let's take a look. Uh, what's the other one? It was uh, Nokia, Caster GameStop. Caster Maritime. Caster Maritime. Uh, CTO, I think. Um, that's another uh, great one. It's like a Greek shipper. So. It trades in like <laughs> a Greek shipper. Yeah, yeah, it's almost shipper season. Every March, all the shipping stocks get pumped through. Tops, uh, tops shipping. Tops, which, uh, Pixis tankers um, is the other one. That's also uh, well, Blackberry's in. one, B, uh, which is BB, right? That's also gone. BBBY, Bed Bath and Beyond. BBY is still on. Um, AMC. See, that's the other one I was looking for. I couldn't think of it for the moment. AMC, yeah, AMC's gone. They're all gone. Like they, they, they took down the tickers before from being able to search, 
but now and then they restored them for a little bit but now they're gone again like now even letting people search up the stock in and of itself so now you're now you're limiting your knowledge not only the option but now people aren't even aware that these things are out there so trying to cover their base what they think is going to happen like there's no like great way this is going to end for them yeah i think they're just trying to get the funds the chance to to cover at this point like you know, get their positions out with minimal, with minimal losses. Realize that the, the more they do, the worse it's going to be for them. Well, they think that you know, if they can restrict this, it might then people might think, oh shit, I should probably sell, and then you're going to see this position move out. So, what I think is likely to happen going forward is, you know, you're probably going to see some manipulation and um yeah i'm just blown away by that that the the the, first of all the forced sale of people's stock without consent that's probably the worst thing anyone could do but you know restricting the option to sell even before that uh was worse enough but they're just you know blatantly taking searches off of their own page um I don't know what the situation is on other uh, uh, platforms like E-Trade or TD Ameritrade, but I mean, to, to this thing, this is like this is egregious. Yeah, it, I mean, they directly un- influenced the price of the GameStop by not allowing anybody to buy, and in, I'm pretty sure the average you know investor, like every day, you know, I'm a mailman, I'm a UPS guy, uh, they definitely use Robinhood over like any Vanguard or. Ameritrade, because Robinhood, you download on your phone five seconds, you can have stock. Like by them limiting it to only to pay, sale, like commissions, just, yeah, and them limiting it to only all the incentive for it. for trade and fluctuation in the market. Because then, oh, oh, I can only buy at you know on close, or I can only sell on close. Like, what what's the incentive? What's holding people to you know create market simulation? Like, there's nothing there anymore. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Dave Portnoy Barstool Sports. Like he oh, yeah. put it out earlier. It's like, you know, you're you're winning. Uh, he he did the football kind of um, analogy to it. It's like you're winning. You you won the game, and then all of a sudden the refs come in and they and they just add 20 more minutes to the half. It's like what the hell is happening? Sudden, it's just the the role reversal. It's like, oh okay, well we don't want the common people to win, so we're, all of a sudden we're just gonna switch it every, everything around. <laughs> like there was nothing nothing about it was even borderline. Uh, you know, I guess maybe not borderline, but there was nothing illegal about it. Like I know, uh, Frank, you talked about earlier, whether you know, it, there was no no semblance of insider trading. It was just public knowledge that was being passed around, and right. then you know, it's like, you know, the people arguing like that will go on the the news shows and say like, oh, this is what we're gonna short this or whatever. Or not, well, not what we're going to do, but our positions in this and that. What what we recommend you should or shouldn't do. That it was yeah. that, but it was a significant number of people. They got wise to what was going to happen, and they saw an opportunity and took it. Like there was no, there was no side trade kind of component to that. There was nothing legal about it, which is definitely another, you know, beneficial reason that Robinhood is definitely going to pay for that because that's just right, right. I'm sorry, I'm just still blown away by this. Yeah, it's, I mean... it's so fascinating. Because it's such a, it's impacting so many people, and it's creating such a drastic, unprecedented shift. Not in it's trade and politics. It's it's gonna. This is gonna be a huge, huge change. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take a look real quick while you guys uh, keep going on here. But uh, I'm gonna see what the situation is on E Trade. I'm gonna see if they restricted because I know that they were. Uh, I. Um, kind of a uh, little flickers going around that you know they might have been in the same position, not to the same extent as Robinhood. Of course, Robinhood is a much larger number of people um, that are more amateur, I guess. But so there was a statistic that was put out today saying that uh, I think it was over well over half of all people who had some holding in Robinhood held at least some semblance of GameStop. Uh, and then, you know, considering how many people are on Robinhood, I'll look that up right now. 
how many people have Robinhood accounts? Because I'm curious because if you, it affects that many people, you know, that, that lets you, you know, kind of visualize how the impact uh, kind of spread out here. How many people have uh, Robinhood accounts? And I'm curious to see uh, what will happen with people closing out as well. About that. 13 million. As of 2020, Robinhood has 13 million users. So, you know, estimate around there, you have what, six and a half million plus, probably seven plus million people holding some semblance of GameStop. Uh, I think GameStop's uh, market volume today was like 20 some million. Am I right in saying that? I believe so. Oh, of course I, of course I can't search it up because they removed <laughs> it. But, you know, if that was there, that would have been awesome. Uh, that's something, I, that's what I was going to say, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Naked Brand, which is one of the now restricted trades, uh, that market um, uh, volume was over 1 billion. 1 billion. Tesla struggled like 40 million. 40 million with an M. This was at over 1 billion with a B. That is insane. And it's, you know, obviously a fraction of the value. Uh, but uh, was up to well, nearly a thousand per share. Uh, and was like um, fluctuating between one and three dollars a share. Uh, but still, you know, you, you know, the volatility in, in and of itself there, you can make significant margins. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this standoff is almost like the Tesla situation. Like shorts just kept expanding their position over and over and over again all last year, and. You know, you just see Tesla continuing to beat expectations and build this massive loyal fan base and follow just a following because... that's incredible. And then, like, I think Shorts lost like something insane, like fifty billion dollars last year on uh, Tesla. So, I mean, it's just I think that GameStop. I mean. I think shorts have already lost five billion so far. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not—it's not a lot, but it's incredible how short a time period it's happened. I mean, this is a defunct, you know, worthless company. They are a brick and mortar store for tr- where you you rip off teenagers trying to sell their GameCube games like. That is the purpose of GameStop. There's no reason for them to exist. None. I mean, you know, unless you want to go in there and like sell your like Wii Fit games, I really don't see a point to GameStop <laughs> existing here. You know, Game Boy, game, your uh, Nintendo DS. See, yeah. that, that's the thing. I haven't been to a GameStop. I haven't been inside GameStop. I've bought anything from GameStop in years because. I thought we were kind of done with that. I thought we moved on to digital streaming, right. or, you know, downloads of games like right onto the Xbox, PlayStation. Yeah. You know, most people are moving into the, the PC realm now. But the last time I was in a GameStop, like looking to buy something, was when I had my 360, my Xbox 360, in like 2011. <laughs> like no one in there in years. And let me tell you something. I went in there. I didn't even go in. I just walked past the store because it was in a shopping center. Like maybe a year or two ago, like. I- just kind of curious to see what it looked like. So I peeked in. It looked the exact same. And they're all the same. They all have that dated vibe to it. it it's like, I swear to God, it's the next blockbuster Radio Shack. Like, yeah. I have no idea how they're still going. But then also, you know, I was just kind of looking at the stock. Like, before it really, like, picked up in um, kind of, like, publicity. I was just wondering, like, what the executive what the board at GameStop is probably thinking like what's going through their head because notice they haven't really said much of anything they've just kind of been letting this all ride out no they've been selling their they've been selling their positions because they know this is the most money they're ever gonna get oh it's a bullshit company like they don't they're they're lucky to still be you know uh, above water at all because they they, they don't provide anything no they they don't they're games from 2007 that no one plays anymore because they're not compatible with any of the new programs. No one's going there to buy stuff. I don't know how they're still doing it. But of course, you have people pumping into this share now. And like, what, what do they call it? An emergency meeting saying like, hey, so our shares just went from being worth nothing to like the most publicized. <laughs> like, I mean, if I, I was on their, if I was on their e-board, I'd be like, 
calling up my brokerage and get my SEC uh, insider trading uh, form filled out and selling my entire position. I mean, at this point, I mean, I would this is this even in their prime, they weren't worth this much money by a long shot. Like they barely broke 40 bucks in their prime. And right now they're what, like 10, almost 10 times that. It's insane. If I was there, I'd be like, yo, time to stop smoking weed in this these board meetings like we have the last five years and like move all our money out and create some other stupid company. All the money they've been getting, like they would need a significant turnaround, some kind of weird pivot that would, you know, revitalize in some way. But you know what I just realized too? Um, those companies that you know, throughout the the 2020 and, you know, proceeding into this year, those companies that have been really devastated by COVID, uh, the companies that have gone bankrupt too, what they're probably thinking about all this too, because you have all these people deciding to dump into, you know, GameStop and all these other companies. It's like, really? You guys are going to dump into these things, but not into, you know, our companies that are now defunct because of the reduced traffic coming in when quarantine hit. <laughs> exactly. It's like, is it's weird how it's GameStop of all places, or <laughs> specific companies. Of course, it, it kind of follows a trend of uh, what the hedge funds were trying to manipulate. But still, it's it's it has like a bizarre feel to it. There's de- there's some more. There's like there's definitely a lot of information that's not privy to us. Yo, Blake. That's gonna come with these investigations breaking, coming uh, out. Breaking news. Dogecoin is at uh, thirty three cents or <laughs> three cents and uh, three point. Point three. Oh, okay. They, uh, uh, they if I was able, dive. if I was allowed to buy it, Robin Hood right gave me permission. It's tanking, man. <laughs> it's going it's down. Party's yeah. over, man. Party's <laughs> over. <laughs> Robin Hood's See, pulling the plug. I, tried to I, I gotta be honest. It, uh, it's a failed. four. No, it, okay, that's that's a considerable dump there. That's like half of the entire uptick. Now, yeah. cryptos, <laughs> cryptos. You know, uh, even Bitcoin, which is like the the name brand. Um, cryptocurrency was at 40 it, it, it hit its peak at over 40,000 a week ago it's now I think I checked today it's like just over 32,000 so it took a significant hit um, see I, I don't really know cryptocurrencies that well but you know I, I sold out of my uh, other positions because we're going to get ready to buy into you know now restricted securities I keep saying again and again but I'm still equally pissed off uh, I buying in the dogecoin before elon tweeted about it before like that uh, significant number of people knew about it i bought in at um just under 25 and i saw it ride all the way up to over four nearly five and uh gonna buy again because i didn't know how long it was gonna go up and then of course you just said now they're down down significantly from where they were and they're probably gonna you know remain there i i, I can't really imagine they're gonna have another massive uptick. You know, it, again, it's still worth like you know, it's like a penny stock, but you could still double your money. So I don't know. That, that's a whole thing too, like cryptocurrencies, which are I guess kind of immune to all of this stuff, unless well, obviously not Dogecoin because uh, they just take a massive hit, pump and dump. But I don't know. I mean, that's the only one that people can really afford anyway. I don't. I don't think you can buy. Can you buy partial shares of Bitcoin? On uh, Robinhood, yeah, you can buy cash value of like a specific amount. Like I want five hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin or whatever. (laughs) There's there's like weird stuff you can do with Bitcoin, like illegal transactions. Chris, I know you're talking earlier. Like you can do, like I think drug dealers use it. Like I think you can get like (laughs) fake IDs. But I mean, you get in like the ground floor. Like I can hardly imagine, like this uh, Dogecoin crypto. From going from three three pennies per to what forty grand like Bitcoin, but could you imagine like early like before when I bought in, I bought um, nearly nine thousand shares of Dogecoin for like two hundred bucks. Now, if you can imagine that each one of those goes up even to a dollar, that's a significant significant proportion. Even at you know um, four cents, that's doubling nearly. But if you get that up to a dollar, ten dollars, freaking however far that's what happened with bitcoin was was it too i think uh the initial starting point was um 13 per bitcoin and then look at it now it's at forty thousand. 
but there's still a lot of uh, stigma around it because people don't understand how it works. And there's also no nothing that kind of backs it up. Uh, I was talking about my, my uh, one friend today. Like, it's kind of exists. Like, it's a 24-hour thing that you can sell at any point during the day or night. But not like the only thing driving it is hype, supporting it. So, like again, the, the only reason why it really shot up then was largely due to Elon Musk and places like Wall Street Bets kind of pumping into it. But again, there's not there's no real reason for it other than just people having it. Like there's no utilization factor. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's how everything's valued, man. It's all our faith in the system, man. You got to listen to Ron Paul. It's all just our faith in money, faith in the value of money. Stuff like this that's going to diminish gold. public faith in the market. Yeah, buy yes. gold, hunker down with your king you know, food, wait for hell. If I could sell my position on Robinhood, I would buy gold because after all, <laughs> seeing all this happen, like. That's the only. That's the only sure thing, precious metals. But you know, not allowed to because the big man said we weren't allowed to sell our position and get our money. That you know, everyone else can, but not us. God forbid. Yep. Well, I would look oh, at heated. We got to look at our lithium, uh, lithium uh, mine, mining, uh, mining stocks. That's what we got to move towards at this point. I think. It's... Yeah, that's a uh, that's a big one for Tesla too. Which again, you know, they're linked in in grouping together. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it goes for their lithium. I'm, I'm sure they get from a ton of sources, but right. again, that's kind of a limited resource and seeing as Tesla stock seemingly no cap to it because, you know, uh, I think uh, before August of last year, I was just looking at it. It was at like a peak of 400. It's now up to nearly 900. Um, you think no, but there was a stock split, Blake. There was a stock split. There was a stock split. I think it was like a five one to ones. Five to one. Like so basically, saw... we're what eight hundred ish. So that means it's like that's the equivalent of like thirty two hundred. So it's up like eight times from that four hundred price. I see that, and uh, every time you think that they're going to cap out, it just punches through so much more. You know, they have the. Um, well, of course, they're now tied into Solar City, the solar uh, the solar panel, uh, solar company, I guess you can call it. Um, the the Y coming out, the well, the Y is already out now. They have the new Roadster, the Cybertruck, um, all these different applications coming in, and they're also tied into the Boring Company as well, as well as SpaceX. It has uh, all the companies company. are interlinked, and uh, I think a large part of it is not only. Um, just the the fact of having electric cars and you know the sales in and of itself there, but I think a large part of it is how you said earlier with the lithium ion batteries, because they're I think they're now the largest producer of lithium ion batteries. They have what um, a couple uh, gigafactories all over the place. Uh, I think across a couple continents now, if I'm not mistaken. But um, you know that resource is going to become like almost like a precious metal in and of itself. Yeah, uh, I think they opened up a factory. They opened a Berlin factory that, um, like, I think over the summer, and that thing's been booming. Uh, it's I think larger than the one that they're building in the U.S. and they're building in the desert. I just looked it up now. There are now four Tesla Giga factories. There's a uh, Sparks, Reno, Nevada, Buffalo, New York, Shanghai, and I guess the the Berlin one, and each of them producing, you know, all. Not only all of Tesla's battery packs uh, for the cars, but they also make home battery packs, which is kind of like an alternative to a, a generator, I guess. Or it's like another giant storage thing where um, you have power locks. The idea is that you either plug it into your power system, have a battery bank available in case like a power outage, or you know if you have the Solar City arrays as well, which I think you can also get if you go through Tesla. It's a weird kind of system, there. but um, it's like an alternative. So they're just making batteries left and right. And, um, you know, how, how you mine lithium ion is like a weird kind of system. I know like a real big uh, export in Chile because uh, that's where a lot of it's made. It's like these weird like pools. It almost looks like, uh, like a giant salt lake kind of in these different little quadrants. And it just kind of sits there and like soaks up. So it's, it's like battery acid basically. It's weird. 
But that's going to be another thing, I think, personally. I don't know when that's going to come, because I don't know exactly how scarce of a resource it is. But at some point, there's going to be some kind of cap there. Because, I mean, at least in Tesla, like, I, I have a Tesla for you know, people who don't know. <laughs> but um, the degeneration in battery capacity for that car is extremely, extremely low. Like, I've had it now for three, uh, almost three years, two and ha- two and a half years, maybe. And it's only lost, like, a couple percent of capacity. You know, if you look at your iPhone or really your laptop or anything, they all use the same kind of battery. They all switch to lithium-ion because it's much more advanced, has much higher capacity. You could check on your battery health. You know, if you're using an iPhone, it's going to go down a lot more because you get a lot more use out of it. And you don't really care as much about the charging cycles, which is its own thing. But you can see battery health going down. But, you know, with something like that, you'll just buy a new one every year, every two years, whatever, maybe however much you use it. Uh, with a, a car, like a luxury car you're spending, you know, tens of thousands on, you know, it's going to last a while. But these are also now some of the most advanced batteries in the world. But again, like, you know, the more they make, the less the resource there is. There's got to be a gap in there. So it's, it's insane uh, because that it's probably world. worth looking into. That new Tesla Model S Plaid can go like 510 plus miles on one charge. It's pretty insane. You showed that to me. I didn't hear anything about it before you showed that to me, but it's a real thing. They just now, announced it um, officially too. Uh, it was on their website as well. As so it was like a, an unofficial an kind earn- of thing until they did that? Well, not necessarily. It was on their website. You could spec You could spec the car out, but they also just announced it in their earnings um that they're going to be building these and they're remodeled they remodeled the s and x slightly and uh they're starting reproduction on those cars that's something that doesn't make sense to me especially with relative to tesla stock value because you would think that well i mean there's really no like you know feasible feasibly like potentially dangerous competitor to tesla in terms of like competition so i mean they're literally their own worst competition because you know, you mentioned their plaid, and I looked at the specs, and it's what zero to zero to six. It goes in, zero to sixty. In oh, under, I'm looking. Under I'm looking at right now. Five hundred twenty plus mile range. Seconds, and it has five hundred. Yeah. Um, crazy. Just under one point nine nine seconds. Two hundred mile top speed. Two hundred mile an hour top speed over five hundred twenty mile range. Now that car's uh, base model is uh, one th- one hundred thirty four thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Now, this came after the news of the releasing came after their uh release of the concept for the uh the new roadster which is a six i believe it's 620 mile plus range or around 620 mile range which is rated for it's not actually going to get that especially if you can take into consideration the speed oh wow they actually took it off of their main page that's kind of surprising maybe because of the plaid but it used to be on their main page it was like their big thing because it was their new supercar that was going to be $200,000 per, uh, have a top speed of over 250 to 260 miles an hour, zero to 60 in less than 1.9, but it was 200 grand. So like when you compete with yourself to that extent, cause you're basically making the same car specs. Actually, you, I mean, you could argue that the model S is probably a little bit more practical and, uh, you know, a little bit less kind of, uh, I guess to, to some extent, than the plaid of course it's, they're both luxury cars um but you know you're making the same car for like seventy thousand dollars less like what I, I just don't understand their their strategy there because it seems like they're undercutting themselves it, it's bizarre because i mean like ford's not going to touch them like the bolt or the what or the volt whatever it is all those little like rinky dink electric hybrids that no one really wants but you know if you're like poor and you can't afford a tesla even uh, like that's what you're gonna do even gm like, they're doing why? the uh, electric hummer it's and i think they bought nicola or something that was the uh that was like that small competitor which i don't even know there's a they... couple like startups that have like a uh, proof concept cars out now yeah. that are like electrically capable but i mean there's still no one that's going to come near tesla but you know you consider their their stock price now like you think that like people don't seem to care because they know like who, what the direction of the company is, what Elon's personality is. Like he's someone you could like see straight through. But like even with that news, you think like why why are they doing this? It doesn't make sense because they're just like going against their own plan. It seems like anyway. Uh, 
of course, now they have um, they they had their uh, kind of a trial by fire with the Model Three because their their whole plan was initially to do low volume, high price, <laughs> and work towards high volume, low price, which was ideally the Model Three. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be a lot more than what most people thought it was going to be. So it wasn't really their low volume car. Of yeah, course, a lot their, of that a lot the of the expense seller. comes from the battery. It's crazy, but <laughs> it's crazy how many uh, Model Threes and and Model Ys now that they're uh, they're selling. It's their two largest producers is those cars in particular i got them the first year they started shipping them off from the factory and i was like okay this is cool because like not many people had them now i'll go out and it's like you know three out of ten cars are the same car as mine it's like what (laughs) this isn't cool uh yeah but i mean you know if you look at the different pricing on that like uh you know the battery tends to um go relative to the the rated for the car it doesn't exactly work out because there's just too many factors that go into um you know the, the actual range the actual uh, realized range in the car it kind of depends on how fast you're going what the grade of the road is temperature uh wind speed all that stuff there's just too many factors going into it relative to a gas car where it's just like you know combustion you know you probably have a little bit of variation with the same factors but not to that same extent but that's a significant portion of the price variation from one car to the next. You know, if you get a different battery pack or a different system, right, uh, which will kind of determine a, how fast your car can go, how far it can go and all the different features it has, but still seem to want to buy in because it doesn't seem like there's any cap to it. Like they always come out with something new, always come out with something new that's exciting and grabs people's attention. Like, uh, the only thing about that is like, um, like this, company to tesla like spacex for example will never go public and elon musk did a uh kind of this, um uh, convention about it about why he would never go public with it and it made sense because you know if you invest into a space company that's a main goal is to go to mars and start you know all these big exploration projects like a it's going to take a while and a lot of money but B, you know if god forbid there's a, a something goes wrong then, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to dump that, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you're facing bankruptcy. So, I don't know. All this seemed to go with, you know, what the word is. If the, if the source is credible, and, you know, there's enough voices in the echo chamber, that's what's, that's, you know, that's what we kind of saw today with uh, Wall Street Bet. And it continue for the foreseeable future, at least for another week, I think, personally. But of course, I don't know. There's not a start date in my bedroom, but if I can hop on the wave and ride it down a little bit, if there's a downtick tomorrow, I'm buying it. Got to buy the dip, ride it out. <laughs> oh, Drive, baby. It? Buy did the you dip. See, um, the they, redes- they redesigned the Model S um, inside. Looks really wild, man. They released their redesigned interior. If you look at it, it's the same on the outside, but the inside, it's got like this. Um, bizarre uh like almost airplane like steering column 1020 horsepower peak power of course <laughs> i don't know you translate that to an electric car oh wow okay i'm looking at it it does look like an like an aircraft yoke i can yeah. from that it's uh, yeah they definitely needed a little bit of an update because um with the model s of course uh that was always their higher end more expensive car uh especially uh, the model s and the model y the model uh, oh sorry model s and the model x the model three and the model y are kind of the relative um you know uh, the, they, it's not it's not it's not but they kind of made it aiming to be their more economical version of the s and the x uh but <laughs> it's definitely not i can guarantee that um also, relative to that, like your customizability with the three and the Y relative to the S and X, is a lot less. Like, uh, you're paying like over a hundred thousand easy if you want a good Model S or a Model X. Um, so you, you can kind of have that um, reflected in your options. But yeah, now it actually does look like a nice car. I don't know what the actual uh, production for uh, releasing or uh, producing or production, I guess. Uh, is gonna actually turn out to be, but um, well, I guess they got it, like I said, thing. they don't have options. They got rid of the options on the on the car, so they are just making like one 
trim level, I guess, on the Model S. So I, it looks like you yeah. just choose between long range and plaid, but even long range, it's like three seconds, zero to 60. So there's I mean, really not, not well, shabby at all. I mean, at that point, there's very, I mean, <laughs> you, you have to be a car person to, to tell that difference. I mean, either way, you're going to be glued to your seat. But uh, yeah. yeah, the range isn't like astounding. Like uh, when I got my car in the Tesla family, it was like one of the longest range cars available. And uh, you know, again, like I said, all those factors before that kind of play into the actual range as relative uh, relative to the rated range. Like you don't really get that. Like it's not no Tesla is a real like trip car, so to speak, until they get either the charging system updated, which they are working on. I think they're on version three now. Uh, they find some new battery technology that can even surpass lithium ion the lithium ion batteries that they have working now that will increase the range to like maybe a thousand or so because that would be more uh operable to like a higher range more um fuel efficient um kind of economical car on the road now uh, a gas car uh, rather but uh, this is like insane there's really not much of a discrepancy between that unless you it's kind of more going for the name of the car like oh i have i have the plaid and i like not just saying i have you know this version like i have like the version i have the version everyone wants you know but of course you're gonna see that reflected in the price tag as well and that's not uh that's not a pretty pretty number there i don't think the everyday person should have should have a car that goes uh you know zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds so i'm glad it's priced really high <laughs> I think you've been in my car as well, right? Which is it's not yeah. even the Frank. Have you been in my car? Yeah, several times. <laughs> I remember now. Yeah, I mean that's not even the performance version, and that's like kind of the, well, not really the base model either. It's kind of right in the middle, and even that has you could feel the acceleration in and of itself. Like I have a lot of fun with that car, but I mean there's still like you know a second and a half I could take off if I got um like one of these more uh, one of the newer versions, and like. That's almost like scary how fast it can move. Like sometimes I'm afraid that I'm just gonna like tear down someone's house because I'm going so fast. <laughs> like, and it's like, why? Why do you need this? And a lot of these people, especially during COVID, that are now getting back on the road after their uh, long break from driving, have uh, reflected that in their ability to drive, which was always nothing. But now it's to the point where it's like you can't go down the the sh- to the store without running into someone who's halfway across the double yellow lines like and a significant increase in stupid drivers on the road and it's very irritating especially to someone like me who gets road rage super easy we all have our problems i'm trying to work them out we're good (laughs) (laughs) you're uh you there what's that Fine driver. He's good. What's up? You're fine in driving. Chris Chris has some uh, questionable attributes for sure. <laughs> Listen, Bob. Uh, uh, I'm uh I'll beat you in a race. I'll, I'll whoop your ass. We'll we'll go on a we'll go on ninety five. Right. Uh for it. Yeah. Bring a See bring a car do. with a manual transmission. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I'll be right behind <laughs> you in my in the ridge line to help you clean up the clean up the debris fake, from the accident truck, <laughs> clean up the debris in the accident that comes along and i'll just be you know cruising along at 70 <laughs> left cool well, i mean it's either gonna end up being me winning because chris will stand your little crappy volkswagen jetta or you'll blow me out of the water because i'll go faster than 70 miles an hour and that in and of itself will drain my battery to less than half of its range <laughs> within like 10 minutes not really but not far off if you're doing a long road trip because i've driven across the country like three times uh twice there and back (laughs) um and uh yeah that that took a lot of uh a lot of charging but you know it's also three thousand miles so got to break it up but i mean tesla is just no no brakes all gas no brakes on that stock um no gas for sure i I hate you so much (laughs) for saying that i despise you for that 
Hey, they took the ticker. They put the tickers back on. Uh, Reddit. Uh, not Reddit. Robinhood. Uh, game back on. Three eleven. Three eleven and Uh-oh. change for share. Uh, of course, it still says it's not supported. So I'm curious to see if they're gonna, you know, stay true to their word tomorrow morning. Uh, bright and early, trying to get in on that. I don't know if that's a good idea because I feel like a lot of people might end up getting screwed tomorrow with being able to sell before market close. But uh, what the uh, Wall Street Journal community would call a uh, or Wall Street Bet community, not journal, will call a, a YOLO move, a meme dump. Yeah. So my ball out. We'll see. Try and get a little bit of money. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm also trying to win the Powerball still. I've not given up after that one kid in Michigan won the uh, billion-dollar jackpot. So, whole uh, revenue stream's coming in. We'll be fine. Trying to make some cash. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add? I don't think so. I hit the nail on the head today. You did. It's kind of see what happens tomorrow stay up to date with the uh the goings on with robin hood and it's impen <laughs> very soon impending demise but uh, i think it'd be fun to look at yeah. ride the wave by low so hi right that's uh number four yeah Quattro. <laughs>